This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, Bass Guy Get Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host, Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. You here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your co-host, Sean, and with me again this week, my new co-host, Susie Q. Welcome, Susie. What's up? My background is doing weird things to make my hands look like they're invisible. <laughs> wow, that's kind of crazy. Like, oh, yeah. That surgery was really effective. <laughs> That I try a little something different with backgrounds and whatnot. No, no, uh, no. So. I'm, I'm uh, waiting to get mine a little spruced up. Uh, Brian told me he's got a little something cooking for me, so uh, I'm waiting patiently to see uh, how that works out. But uh, very nice. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Kind of spice things up here a little bit. Get rid of this plain grain insulation in my basement. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I've just got you know window blinds behind me, so I was like, well, you know, we could look at that, or we could look at space. You know. There space. you go. There you go. That's pretty awesome, man. Heck yeah, and I wanted to give you a uh, congrats. Uh, You passed uh, that crazy hard test that you had to take last week. I did, I did. That was kind of a a crazy story, uh, but I am now Security Plus certified. So we'll have to do that for another three years at least. So that was high pressure, but uh, it's such a weight lifted to finally have that done with. So that was probably a month worth of studying at least. Yeah, after that, I'd just be like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, crazy story with the test. I, I, I was a, a computer-based test, and it died on me with 15 questions left. Oh, and um, I thought I was going to have to retake the whole thing, and I was so stressed out about it. And then I found out two days later that I had luckily uh, got enough questions right when it crashed that I passed. Oh. So. Oh and uh, I, I didn't think you could miss more than 15 questions, so I thought for sure I, I failed, but I must have either got all the ones I did take, the hour and a half of questions I did answer pretty oh. much perfect, because, yeah, so, but it's it's done with, it's over, I got it, so. Heck yeah, man, heck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, you have uh, a little bit of your uh, road to recovery kind of started, so. I do. I do. I uh, got my carpal tunnel release done uh, almost a week ago. It'll be a week tomorrow. So, uh, you know, it's just like a little incision in the hand outpatient 15 minute procedure. And like, I already notice effects. Like I don't have any numbness, tingling, or my hand doesn't fall asleep at night anymore. So I'm just like, I wish I would have known this sooner. I would have (laughs) gotten it done at the beginning of the year instead of, you know, like, you know, later on, but it is what it is. But, uh, Actually, I think by the time this episode airs, I will be getting my shoulder surgery. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that uh, everything goes good with that and uh, it's a quick recovery. Heck yeah, we'll be keeping you guys in our thoughts and prayers for sure. That's uh, We'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, wishing you luck on that for sure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, um, Susie was... Uh, um, Awesome enough to uh, find us a guest for this week, and uh, I'll let her introduce uh, him because uh, she's known him a little bit longer than I have. 
Um, but uh, I think I, I am friends with him on Facebook, so I must have reached out to him at some point. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, coming to you guys today, we've got uh, Mr. Titus Dominguez. Uh, also known as L. Dominguez. What's up? <laughs> What's, up, What's up, Titus? What's going on, guys? Happy to be uh, here on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Susie oh. uh, reached out, was like, hey, could you do a little guest spot? I said, yeah, sure. That's right. And of course. Awesome. Awesome. Always, I happy, to, always happy to talk fishing. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how we pull people in, you know. Hey, you get to talk fishing for as long as you want, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to give everybody a little bit of an intro uh, about yourself, where you're from, how you got into kayak fishing, you know, that whole shit. Oh, the old, the old Titus 101. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, so Titus Dominguez from uh, Carroll Stream, Illinois, right near like the Fox River, Bussy Woods, anybody in that kind of general area. Those are my, my spots, DuPage River. Uh, been kayak fishing, ooh, I don't know the exact number now. I want to say eight years at least. Something like that. I think, yeah, it kind of correlates. Like yeah. yeah, correlates when I bought this house. Speaking of background, <laughs> oh kind of background, it was the, I finally had the space for a kayak, so I remember I immediately went out, and bought a Menards, you know, Viper One Ten or whatever that <laughs> was, you know, for uh, 150 bucks, and then it just spiraled out of control from there. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been fishing tournaments pretty. Started pretty uh, quickly fishing tournaments with that that first or second year out of the kayak and hooked up with all the guys that eventually became KBL. That's the you know local tournament series out here. Um, I've been fishing with the, uh, or part of the Rocktown Adventures uh, kayak team, fishing team. That's a local kayak shop out here in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, shout out to them. I've uh, been you know, helping out with like, you know, some of their shows and some of their, their local events when they have them. Uh, things took a little bit of hit during the pandemic and everything. We didn't have a lot of meetups, but, you know, still been active like on their uh, their Facebook page with them and stuff. Um, but yeah, just been fishing. I, I usually tend to be a, a lean river guy, but I do love my lakes and, and ponds. So that's that's kind of the, the basic story, man. It's been, been nice a, a, a wild few a wild year, a few years. So that's for sure. <laughs> what are you fishing out of now? Uh, I don't know. I have a, a Jackson Cusa HD. Okay, nice. Yeah, I do like that. I actually am. I'm thinking of making a switch, so it's, it's we'll see. I don't know if you guys have seen um, uh, Bonafide is coming out with like a river kayak. Um, like, yes. I'm not sure I've seen that. Yeah, well, the, the, you might honestly you might have missed it because they they had one like little two second, ten second clip on their Instagram. My buddy sent it to me, and you don't even really see the boat. I have seen very little information about it, but I'm already I heard river. And I'm I'm interested. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. No, and then uh, I had I actually paddled the Kusa HD before I got my Outback, so that was oh, my nice. my second my bi first real kayak. My, yeah, I had too. a Tarpon 100 for a while uh, for a, like the first year, and I traded it for the Kusa, and I love the Kusa actually. You know, if it yeah. wouldn't if it, if it had pedals, it would be my dream kayak. I mean, so you are speaking my language, sir. And <laughs> the uh, in my opinion, the Out Hobie Outback and the Kusa HD are the two most perfect kayaks that have ever existed, but. It really did, you know, serve me pretty well everywhere I took it. Like it did, it did. I live 50 minutes from the Susquehanna, so I oh, spent yeah. a lot of time on the river as well. Um, and it did awesome on the river, but it also wasn't horrible in the lakes. I mean, it it yeah, did get no. blown around a little bit, but uh, um, but for the most part, it it did everything I ever needed it to do. Um, the only reason why I got rid of it, and I really, I tried to talk my wife into letting me keep it as <laughs> when I got the Outback, yeah. but the price tag on the Outback was a little more than. We could bear, so we uh, ended up trading in the uh, the uh, Kusa. Unfortunately, I cried a little bit when that happened, but uh, a single tear. Yeah, uh, more than probably. It was it was rough. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I mean, it's been a great kayak for me, a great platform. It's why I've had it so long. Because I had um, a, similar to you, like I had an Ocean, like a Tetra Ten, you know, a smaller kayak to start. It was my first kind of real kayak too, and then then I got in the Kusa maybe that my third year of fishing and then that was pretty much it like i've just been rocking it since then it's, mm -hmm. it's held up i had to ha have one replaced um i had like a crack in the keel and you know jackson replaced the hole for me and everything it was like 300 bucks to get it all shipped out it was easy i was like all right and then that, this one's been going the last three years mm -hmm. whole red velvet nice nice yeah. 
Cool. I was well, gonna say you've been rocking that thing since gosh, yeah. I think since yeah, I've I've known you for yeah, since I've been fishing yeah. with you. And then uh, uh my friend Alan Weedmeyer hooked me up with a torpedo. So then once I had that, uh, I was pretty much nice. good on like you know what I mean? Because yeah, there was a, a moment there where I was like, all right, well, I either gotta get a motor or pedals or something. And, <laughs> and as soon as I got that, I was like, ah, well, I'm good now. Do you rock the foot control steering or what? How do you see? Yeah, foot like controls. I, oh, I got wow. like the toe controls. So, okay. yeah, it's, I mean, I had to kind of do the Kusa HD is not set up for that really. Um, so, like, my lines are run outside of the kayak and kind of through eyelets that I have, you know, kind of makeshift system. Kind of old. I'm a little old school, like DIY <laughs> when it comes to kayak. I kind of, I really love that aspect from the, like, the old days. And so mm -hmm. I, I try to keep a little bit of that. That's kind of why I've never actually gotten a black pack. I've just, uh, for like, nostalgia purposes always use a milk crate it's just a weird thing for me but um yeah so i got everything running uh, you know off the side and then i bought these toe control pedals off of amazon um that kind of universal was able to kind of get them mounted and those are sweet because i don't have to do the shifting with my feet like this i can just kind of just tip the toes nice and so it's it's real nice uh works really good for when i, I like to fish a lot of weed lines especially like at lakes and stuff mm -hmm. so it it does exactly what i needed to do so it's been one of the Definitely a big upgrade for me. Nice. Heck yeah. And I know uh, Susie mentioned that uh, you uh, had a particularly good year so far, I guess, last year or yeah, uh, last 2022? Year, yeah, 2020, or, or, no, yeah, 2021. That was my good year. Okay. Um, I, hit, I hit the top of the mountain, man. I, I won my first tournament. That felt great. Uh, I had gotten second place. Oh, yeah, there we go. Hey, we, <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at that guy, man. Look at that. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? <laughs> And yeah. uh, you also need to tell them about this lake too. Oh yeah, so this is um, this is Susie's favorite lake, uh, Banner Banner Marsh. Uh, it has become my low-key favorite lake. I just I don't want to like you know harp <laughs> on it, but uh, one like Susie has shown me around a lot, and so you know she's kind of gave me some, some nice tips and some spots and stuff like that for sure. Uh, but I have a blast every time I go that down there. It is it it's like. It's one of those lakes that feels made for you, you know, like made for me, like my style. It's, I like to fish weed lines. I like to fish deep weed lines in particular, like 10, 15 feet if I, if I can find them. Um, and banners is loaded with them. So it kind of just is right in my wheelhouse. It's got a lot of space where I can kind of hide and get out of the way from, get away from people, but I can still explore and find, you know, always find new water. And so I made a trip out there this year just to go fish it because it, that's where I won my, uh, my first tournament last year. And I told Susie, I said, "Hey, look, uh, I took a uh, like a I just things that worked out. Where I didn't wasn't going to do a lot of tournaments this year, so I said I am making a run down to Banner though in June, like when the timing's right, because that was when it was it was hot. Like I need to go. So I said, mm -hmm. Susie, you know, just let me know if I can crash to your place, and we're going to do it. So we went to Emmaquan that the day before. Oh yeah, we did. That's yeah. right. Yeah." And then I, I, then yeah, Susie, you had something going on, right? Uh, that next day. Yeah, I'm just, trying to remember what I had. I, yeah, I had something or something. Yeah, but I ended up going to Banner Marsh solo, yeah. and I, I thought I was going to get kicked off by storms for a while. I, there, I was checking the radar. I was paddling right. back to the launch a couple of times, but it it made it through. Or it didn't end up raining on me until I really I needed to leave, and uh, just had another, another just awesome day out there killing it. And that that day in particular that I, I won my first tournament, uh, it just like. Yeah, you know, pieces just fell, fell in the right right spot. I was I was throwing a wacky uh, rig, one of my favorite go to lures and presentations. Um, uh, you know, just a very like a real comfort zone for me. I, I like to fish it along weed lines. I like to fish it weighted, and um, they were just hammering it that day. So it was awesome. Nice, nice. Now, and uh, I know you you said you consider yourself a river angler, but is there anything about Banner Marsh that kind of ties in or is it the grass lines and that kind of it's thing? a grass line so yeah like when it comes to lakes i'm definitely like I, the other thing i would say is i'm like a structure fisherman so i like to fish things that i can see i'm not gonna go offshore fish points i like to fish shallow so again that's why kind of rivers are in my wheelhouse for the most part and you know like bridges you know down down limbs and stuff like that so on the lakes anytime i can find like thick matted grass or like the tall weeds that are, are like um like cattails that are on the shorelines you know when you can kind of flip to cattails Stuff like that is like my favorite thing to do, and um, Banner just is loaded with areas that have what I like to do, <laughs> so it's it's just a nice spot for me. So even when I'm out here, like Bussy Woods is very similar. It's real like choked out, 
Uh, we have this other lake out here. They call it Lake X. It's you know Patterson Lake out here that's uh, very similar. You know, so frog, wacky, Texas rig, uh, chatterbait is a, a, another one of my go-to stuff. But like in the lakes, those are my main things. If I'm not finding them on those, I'm probably packing up and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, there's no chatter, anybody. Like, what am I doing here? Uh, I hear you. Yeah, but that's you know, I, I love to fish for bass, fish for pike. So you know, those tend to be kind of in those areas. You know, I go to this other lake, uh, Eagle Lake in Wisconsin, is a very fun lake for me. Also very shallow, you know, two three feet most of the way, pretty weeded up. And you know, I just like to burn that chatter bait wacky rig weed edges and then you know pick it apart if i find a good spot with a texas rig so eating better is easy with factors delicious ready to eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes including calorie smart protein plus which is the one i like and keto get started today and get after your goals discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's Waypoint Pod 50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Interesting. Okay. So um, sounds like uh, your lakes are more of the natural kind. Like all the lakes near me are mostly man-made reservoirs okay, for the most yeah. part. So a lot of them are, you know, not a lot of grass. Um, we have one lake near us that has some, but like I, I have to drive pretty far to find a frog bite. Like probably okay. at least uh, maybe an hour and a half. Maybe I know of one lake right off the top of my head that's maybe about an hour and a half north that I could get a frog bite going on, but for the most part, uh, the lakes by me. Now I've heard guys talk about like flipping a frog up underneath overhangs stuff along the bank and stuff and, and doing okay with them. But as far as like, you know, working a frog across on that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I don't really, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I watch videos of it all the time. I'm like, Oh, that looks amazing. <laughs> but uh, I just don't have that much of that near me. Uh, yeah. So, see, like, I'm in the opposite world of you. Yeah, yeah. That's all I have by me. <laughs> yeah, like literally, that's like all we have by us is just like you know the strip mines with like the super deep channels, and then like you get up to the shallow, and it's just nothing but thick weeds, you know. And it's like you know, it's our home. It's like what we know. It's like the back of our hand. And then like we go to these you know really deep clear reservoirs, and I'm like. I don't know what to do. Yeah. What? I don't know what to do. <laughs> There's no weeds. There's nothing here. <laughs> what am I supposed yeah. to just? I'm supposed to fish just open water here in this yeah. area, this section. Yeah. There's a hump or something apparently. What's yeah, different over here weird. compared to over here? Is it just like a you know an inch deeper? Like I don't know. Yeah. No. I I, I definitely you know hear you guys because that that is a lot of like the parts of the lake that uh, lakes that I fish. Um, I luckily. Most of the, the two lakes that are really, really close by me, there's kind of equal shallow and equal deep. You know, there's there's the part by the dam that's like super deep, like 30, 40 feet. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then but then there's, you know, a part the other side kind of away from the dam. That's, you know, a big shallow flat that's varies from 12, uh, 10 to 12 feet. Usually now right now they're uh, the, the two uh, two lakes that I fish there right next to each other and one feeds through a spillway into the other and the the lower lake 
is actually being is completely drained right now Whoa. because they're working on the dam. So they're keeping the upper lake five foot at least low. So it's kind of crazy. It, it's never like it's the one nice thing is that the boat ramps are all closed. So it's only carry in boats and kayaks. Oh, nice. So, so that's that if there's a, if there is a silver lining to it being as low as it is, it's that at least I don't have to fight boats for uh, fish and they're not quite as pressured, but it is weird being having everything low. Like the, like I said, the parts that are normally 10 to 12 foot deep are now like, you know, five foot deep. And so there's definitely a, a good sizable chunk that is actually dry now. So it's kind of weird, you know, uh, the first time I saw it after they lowered it, I was like, holy crap, I didn't think they were lowering it that much. And the sad thing is they just did it like three years ago. They drained the lower lake to fix a pump on the dam. And then they filled it back up. The fish just started to come back. And they're like, oh, well, we have to replace the dam. Oh, so they oh, drained it all over again. Yeah. And it's, it was kind of, I was so sad because a lot of people still weren't fishing the lower lake because they're like, ah, oh, you know, it's going to take years for that to recover. So that was actually a little kind of secret honey hole there because Nobody yeah. was fishing it because they thought, and the fish were starting to come back. So the, the, the year right before they drained it, it was like crazy. I was catching all sorts of stuff there, but. Had it all yourself there a little bit, huh? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was nice, but, um, but you know, it is what it is, you know, in a couple of years, it'll hopefully be back and I uh, just have to be patient, but I have the river to tide me over, thankfully. So. Yeah. It's always, you can't complain about a river, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that tournament that, uh, that your big win was on a lake, um, do you have uh, in the KBL, do you guys fish rivers too? Uh, do you have some or is uh, it mostly lakes? It's mostly lakes. Sometimes there's like river systems included. I, like I did pretty good. I don't think it was that last year. I think it might have actually been the year before. Susie, I'm trying to remember when we, it was a, the Wisconsin River. It was like Green Lake technically, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. The, um, gosh, what was that? Was that Green? I, I think it's Green Lake. It, Green Lake sounds right or maybe it's Wisconsin Lake. Some, yeah, it might have been Wisconsin Lake. It might have been Wisconsin Lake, yeah. So, but it was one of those lakes, and like this is me and Susie would fish a lot too because we we like split hotels or something like that, and we you know share kind of information and stuff like that. So, um, we went to that lake, and yeah, I was like the first like let's go hit the river, and now because it's it was this big lake, it was very similar where like it wasn't going to be our style, and that was definitely one thing that I found that, like helped me kind of start to see more, you know. Uh, progress in, in actual tournament fishing was doing something that I was just really comfortable with. So yeah, w whether it was finding the shallow water, the weeded up areas of a lake, if that was available or kind of tucking into the river. So yeah, that one was on the Wisconsin river and I think I got third or fourth. No, I think I got fourth in that one. I was like just outside of the money or something. I, I remember I was being a little bummed about that. I, I think I, I was, I was one fish away from a limit or uh, something. It was a tough day. Yeah, and it, and I was, and it, ended, oh. it ended early. Too it because... ended early. Yeah. Yeah, they thought there was going to be some bad weather and whatnot, um, but it actually like stayed away. But I think the cutoff time was like 11 or something like that. And I remember we were fishing this one area and I was having a hard time finding the bite because yeah. the river had dropped, you know, the water level right. had dropped. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh man, they're like not quite doing what they were doing. But then I kind of started figuring out, but it was almost too little too late because I think I had struggled to, I don't, I definitely didn't get my limit, but like I was close. And then like we kept on fishing for a little while after that. And then I was just, you know, nailing them. And I was just like, oh, why couldn't we? Yeah, because just... <laughs> didn't the tournament end and then we like stayed out. I remember that yeah. like we, we were like, oh, we're just going to keep going. It was because it was a, it was actually an online event, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, because it was it was a live event, but it was all on turn So like we didn't like we, we just submitted a fish and stuff like you mm -hmm. know through the online. And then when it was done, it was like all right, well the term is over. Well now we can go fun fishing. Yeah, Susie started catching them then. Because yeah, it was very it was real similar where I remember because you had that bite along it was like a rock wall, and you were you were um, fishing something whether it was a Ned rig or like a jig or something along the rock wall, and it dropped overnight. I was able to find some fish like in these like headwaters of the lake. It was so it was like a or like the you know the uh, what am I thinking of? Like the, the sandbars yeah, yeah sandbars. Yes, yeah. so where the river connects into the lake. There's a bunch of sandbars and like little cuts in those sandbars. And like Susie was saying, it was too little, too late. I like I was finding them on a Ned rig, but it was just so sporadic and so slow. It was just like I was just in these holes, just kind of just dragging the Ned rig through for like 20 minutes until I'd get a bite. And like, all right, I got one. And it was just it was taking forever 
And then yes. I had to, I was sitting on that fourth. I was just in this spot where I had caught one. I think I had doubled back a couple of times. And I was just like, come on, man, just get one more, one more. And it just, it never, you know, worked out in that one. But yeah, it was, you know, there's weird stuff like that happens in tournaments. It's tough when you have to rely on a net rig bite because that isn't a fast way no, to cover it's so water. Slow. <laughs> and um, it, it really chews up time, but it also is effective. You know, yeah. you, you know, there's times where that's the only kind of bite I can buy, you know, and, um, but it, like you said, it, it definitely, you know, I said, but I mean, there's times that's kind of why I, I, I know you mentioned fishing the, the wacky rig weighted and that's why I fish it weighted as well, because yeah. it helps me speed up at least a little bit. You know, if you throw a weightless wacky, man, that thing takes forever <laughs> to sink. And uh, I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that, man. Holy cow. But uh, so, and that's why I first started throwing a weighted one just because I was like, I just wanted to sink faster, you know? Um, you know, they say you get bites on the, on the fall with, uh, the wacky rig, but, uh, I found a lot of times I, it was the, the pickup that I got my bites on, you know, once yeah, I saw yeah. it go slack and then I up and then let it back down. And that's when I would get hit. Um, not on the initial go. fall. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's weird. I actually, so I get, uh, I fish the wacky rig a lot and a, a lot of guys that I've tried to like convert them, like, dude, you got to fish this. Like, Cause I know it's kind of, it's kind of like, um. I don't know. I don't know. If it's got like a little bit of stigma to it or taboo. Oh, to yeah. it where People just yeah. don't really like it. And I'm like, you do it. I'm like, I'm doing good in these terms with this. Like, I don't catch this fish, man. Like, I'm not going to, you know, put my nose up at it. But um, I tell them, because that's one of the things they say is it's really slow. I go, dude, I fish it like a jig, essentially. Like, I, I, honestly, I'm flipping it to spot and it's in there all of, you know, 10, 15 seconds. I mean, if, if there's no bite on the, you know, like you said, on the initial drop, on the first pull, I'm out of there and I'm moving. Mm. So, and that's like where the motor really comes in and helping me kind of, so I can kind of work a, a, a weed edge. That's why I like banner so much. Cause it's got that depth where I can keep the motor on. I'm not getting chewed up in weeds or, you know, having to, to paddle or anything like that. And I can just kind of run along the edges and just pick them apart and get it, you know, you know, uh, a lot of casts in. And then that really is where I find like uh, my success with kind of with wacky rig is a lot of casts covering a lot of water and just kind of fishing it fast and find them. And then once you kind of find where in the weeds they're kind of holding or what is going, you know, some, sometimes I've noticed when I'll be fishing someplace, you know, it's like a weed line and it's five, seven feet outside of it. And then I'll go over, you know, a couple yards, you know, 30, 20, 30 yards and it's drops down to 15 and that might be where they're moving in and out of. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of finding those one or two spots that they're, you know, moving in and out of transitioning out of. And then, all right, now let's repeat that everywhere else. And then, Seems no, that's yeah. When you find that pattern, and you can just then sit in the high traffic areas where you know they're moving between and kind of pick them off as they're transitioning, that's definitely you know a, a good tactic. So for sure. Yeah, and it, I kind of like it because then I can kind of come back. So like I can go fish a spot, and if you know I maybe catch two or three fish out of there, and then I go, all right, I'll leave that spot for a minute, go fish, you know, come back in an hour, and all right, hey, it's maybe it's reloaded a little bit, and it, then it's kind of nice. It's like all right, cool. Now, do you fish uh, a wacky rig on a spinning rod, or do you throw it on uh, a caster? Uh, baitcaster, yeah. You do, okay. Yeah, I switched to all. I don't actually don't even own a spinning rod, and I, I'm not even trying to say it like it sounds braggy. I'm not even trying to be like that. I actually, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to do some fishing this weekend, and I like, really wish I had a spinning rod because I was going to try to go for some catfish. And just I'm like, I don't know how to do that on a, on a baitcaster that I have. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I really wish I had a spinning reel, but um, yeah, I just I started getting used to the baitcasters. Okay. And, like once I got like that, the thumb control where I could just stop it on a dime and stuff. That's where I just kind of, I, I liked it. And I found a reel that really works for me for finesse stuff. And because I'm not doing weightless, I think it's a little easier. I think guys that are doing like weightless or if you're doing like a 10th ounce Ned, yeah, you probably need to have something a little more finesse friendly, but. That was going to be my next question. If you throw Ned rigs and you don't have a spinning rod, what do you throw a Ned rig on? Uh, the, the baitcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, you know, it's the, um, the Shimano Corrado uh, MGL. Seven. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I love that reel. I actually I did have just a, a, a regular Corrado 70 for a while, and that was working great. Actually, think it, I kind of think it works better than the MGL, to be a little honest. I just I like my MGL, so I, you know, I like to look cool, so I take it. But, <laughs> but uh, once I kind of – that was my – actually, like, talking about, like, the Ned Rig, that was my last straw for when I got rid of my last spinning rod. Because okay. I for the most part, I would do, um, like – waiting in the fall for 
small mouth and I would do, you know, Ned rig. And I always brought my spinning rod. I had a special one. I, was, you know, I think I got it from Susie, a, you know, a, a smally or a small mouth Kistler rod that I was using for a while. It was really nice. Oh God. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, about well, that. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Oh my God. Wow. So I, I, I love that setup. It was like my, my go-to little smally setup. And so when I got the, the bait caster that could finally work for like the wacky rig and stuff like that, I said, all right, I'm going to try Ned rig. And I said, if it works, I think I'm going to get rid of my last one. And it, sure enough, I did it. It was working. I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> wow. Okay. I see. I'm still kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. I, I, I do more spinning stuff than I do bait casting. Now I've, I've started to fall in love, especially last year. I really fell in love with crankbaits and uh, lipless and um, you know, those I throw on uh, casting of course, but um, and um, you know, it wasn't until I got a good uh, you know, moderate action casting rod that I really started having luck with that. And um, so like the first, I think my first bait caster was like a black max combo, you know, off of Amazon for 50 Mine bucks. Too. And, and, uh, <laughs> actually that, that reel was still working for me. Um, oddly enough, but, uh, I ended up buying, a uh, I think a cascading rod off of a guy that was a moderate rod. It was orange. Wasn't the prettiest thing in the world, but dude, I don't know what it was, but that just increased my confidence in, in, uh, <clears throat> crankbaits and, and lipless like crazy. And that, like last year, I just crushed smallmouth on the river with them, and nice. um, I ended up losing that rod earlier this year. I oh. replaced it with a Shimano Karata rod, actually, and um, nice. it, it, it's it's working okay. But it, it's just I, I almost miss same. it. I yeah. keep going to that spot in the river where I lost it and just hoping that it's going to just be. <laughs> You'll see it turn up. <laughs> yeah, come on, but, man. Uh, I, I should have probably just got the same rod again because or. I, I just loved it so much, but I went to the tackle shop and I was like, Hey, this is what I had. What do you have? That's comparable. And you know, they talked me into the Corrado and it, it works good. I mean, it, it it's just, I, is I, it like I, a, just maybe like a difference in the action or something or like a power that's a little off. I, I don't know what it is. It's just, it, it's just slightly different. And I, maybe it's just like mental. Like I, I don't have that same confidence in it yet, but uh, yeah. I just haven't, I, I don't feel like I've been as predictive with it as much this year, but um, I also got a uh, uh, St. Croix Mojo glass rod that I've been using because I really thought I was like, well, that's going to be a cool crankbait rod, but it's it's more it's more stiff. It's it's a medium moderate like my my other one was, but it's it's almost like it, it feels like a heavy almost to me. Like it just okay. doesn't have as much bend to it. So I've been using that for crankbaits and, uh, you know, um, still moving baits, but just ones that uh, I don't necessarily um, need as much bend in the rod for so okay yeah glass ones i i tried a couple of glass rods i i, I didn't like them you know i, I kind of got why people liked them when i was i would throw a crankbait like a square bill on on the river i would love how it would bounce off of rocks and just kind of deflect that was mm -hmm. really nice but for some reason it just didn't stick with me it, like the glass just I, I don't know it was maybe a little less sensitive or something for mm -hmm. me personally and i ended up going back to just you know regular graphite rods and or carbon rods and that's where i've been but I, I know what you mean when you find that right combo and it just it pairs up nicely. Yeah. You're like, all right, this is what I, this is what I'm using. Yep. Yep. And that, so as far as most of your rods, you do, you are, are you brand specific or are you kind of across the board or. Yeah. I recently kind of got brand brand specific. Uh, I'm a big Shimano guy. So when you said Corrado, that was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that so far I need to get a good reel for it. I haven't, you know, uh, I think I have uh Shimano makes a cadence. Lot of reels. No, I know, I know. I have a, I have a few. Um, I have a an SLX DC, but I that one, I for a crankbait rod, I wanted something slower. And yeah, want... my two Shimanos are both more high speed, not high speed, but more like seven or above. And okay, are you uh, right-handed or left-handed retrieve? Uh, right. Okay, yeah, you should have. I mean, I know Shimano doesn't have a ton of like lower gear options, right? At least I'm trying to remember because I know like yeah, especially like... in, in left-handed, it's really tough sometimes to find those lower gear ratios i think the lowest i have is a six gear and that's okay. my my moving bait one everything else is sevens but even that like for crankbaits it's kind of fast but yeah and, and and i don't know what my black mac what black max was <laughs> it, yeah. it, but for whatever it was it, it was just right like i did i didn't feel like i felt like i could go at a normal pace and not have to consciously think oh slow yeah. down slow down you know so yeah yeah no i i recently kind of got into all shimano rods i was um I, or I follow those, uh, no, I'm blanking on their names, uh, Tactical Bassin. That, that's oh, who it is. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I was following them, Susie. You know, me and we're familiar with her. Them. Watching, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I, I, I was watching all their videos, and they would rave about uh, the X Brides, the Shimano X Brides. So I had a, a Mega Bass um, Levante rod that I really loved. Uh, snapped on a cast, and I was really mad, and I just rage bought a uh, X Bride when I got home. I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm like, I'm done. I'm buying this rod. I was so mad about it. And then I got the X Bride, and I just fell in love with it. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. And then just kind of been slowly getting, you know, as I would update a new rod, I just would go, all right, what's the Shimano one I wanted? And then I ended up having now my full lineup is uh, all Shimano. And then I do have a couple of Phoenix rods that I had had previously, really liked them, and just uh, didn't want to give them up. So I have them as kind of like uh, backup rods, secondary rods, if I want to do multiple rods of the same technique, because they were I kind of replaced them with the Shimanos, but. Yeah, for the most part, my reels are Shimano. Uh, I do love Daiwa, though, a, a lot. So mm-hmm. okay. I actually recommend Daiwa more than I do Shimano, which is funny. But Okay, okay. For reels, you mean? Yeah, for reels. Because, like, a lot of people... Like, yeah, for reels. Yeah, for reels. <laughs> I, I have a lot of friends that, you know, that are, like, kind of getting into it and really don't want to spend a ton of money. And, like, for me, like, there's just... The Tatula line is just perfect. Oh, like, it's yeah. just... Like, all right, if you're you know looking to spend a hundred bucks or hundred fifty bucks, just get that. It's a great reel. Like, I would use that reel. I'm not even gonna you know be a snob about it. So, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> no, I, and um, I know, like, uh, Susie does a great Matt Allen impression, by the way. You know, she has that intro uh, hey down pretty guys, good. guys, <laughs> Matt Allen here. Welcome back, <laughs> Tactical Bassin. <laughs> But uh, it seems like on their uh, when they're doing cranking, they're using like long rods to me, like yeah, the the seven six, you know, the really long rods. And I, do you usually do that off a kayak, or you? No. So for me, like my kayak, my and I, I actually feel like I have a very good rod setup for a kayak. It's one of the things I'm very confident in as far as fishing. I, I feel like I've dialed it in. I've spent enough time kind of trying different stuff out and different things. For me, the name of the game is versatility almost everything can kind of do everything else. Like there's some, like I do have rods where I'm like, all right, that's what I normally tie my chatterbait on. That's what I normally tie my crankbait on. That's what I normally mm-hmm. tie a Texas rig on. But it, like in a pinch, most of those rods can do everything. So there a lot, it's a lot of medium powers, a lot of medium heavy, a lot of fast actions, a lot of moderate, fa- you know, moderate fast, I think is my, my slowest uh, rod. And okay. then lengths are all between like six eleven and seven two. Those are kind of like, that's my window. I have one rod that's shorter. If I want to do, you know, like close quarter stuff, I'm pitching close. I want to have that there. And then my seven twos are more where I got space and I can kind of, you know, want to get a farther cast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, then do you run most of the same uh, line on those or do you vary that up? Yeah. For the most part, it's all fluorocarbon and it's all um, right around 15 to 12 pound test. I've actually, this year I realized that I can't run 10 pound test. I've been broken off too many times where I'm I just I was getting like I've lost a couple of really nice small mouth and I don't know if it was the knot or somebody I don't know I just lost them and I was so mad about it but for the most part 12 to 15 pound test on everything and then I do have one setup that is a braid setup for frogging and punching and heavy stuff and that's kind of like if I need it I have it gotcha then, gotcha for the, uh, the most part though everything else is fluoro and were you always straight fluoro or did you Try uh, braid to fluoro leader, or you know. Yeah, I was using braid. I used braid for the longest time until I kind of got into fluoro, and then once I kind of got used to it, and it was the same thing. Like once I got used to it, I just kind of I like to have it consistent. You know, yeah. the only thing I really can't use it for is frogging. So right, right, and I, I mean, not having the tie leader knot sounds amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that was the other thing because uh, you know that, I think that's what it was. I was using the tattoos for so long. They got that T wing thing, but it opens up, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. kept getting the knots jammed in them. And okay. I think that was a lot of it was that and then kind of I was getting comfortable with not having it backlash on me so much because it is a little it's a little fussy, especially on, you know, on, when it gets to the bottom of the of the barrel and stuff in the spool and it's all wound up. But once I kind of got that dialed in, I got um, reels that were, uh, you know, a little more easier to cast and stuff and easier to tune. 
then the floral became a little easier to use. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to use it all. I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a really like that too. Like if I get, can find something that works, I'll just, all right, it's standard across the board. So I'm <laughs> picking it up. It feels the same. And that's nice too. Yeah. Yeah. When you have consistency like that and you know, you know, you know, if I tie this on, this is how it's going to feel. Yeah. And, and if I tie this on, this is, you know, it's not, it's not like, I would say I have some rods that I have straight floor on, but then I have a lot of rods that are uh, braid to leader. Like most of my spinning rods, I use braid to leader just for casting distance and that kind of thing. Yeah. When, um, when I, had, I had my spinning stuff, it was all braid to leader. Uh, that okay. was perfect for spinning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it, but it, they definitely don't feel the same. Like it's almost like if I, if I'm casting my, or throwing my spinning rod all day for uh, something and my arm starts getting tired, I'm like, I'm just going to throw a crankbait for a while just to, get a different action and to, you know, work some different muscles. Cause, uh, after a while of like a half day of uh, casting either one, it, it, my arms get tired of doing that motion over again. And then it's a nice change of pace to, to change it up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I know I'll be like the, if I'm throwing a crankbait or a chatterbait is usually the one, especially if I'm ripping it through grass or something. Yeah. You know, a couple hours into a tournament, my shoulder is screaming at me like, go do something else, man. Like, yeah. Let me try whacking. I knew we were going to work. Yeah. Can we drag a jig for a little bit? <laughs> Why are you just burning through everything? So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, well, um, any other um, highlights from last year? Like, I know you had the, the big win. Um, how the rest of your, or how the like season finished for you? So no, it finished, it finished nosedive, but uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, you know what it was. And I, I, I this is kind of, so even this year, I, I haven't fished a ton of tournaments. Even the, the tournament I fished, it was a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I don't know what it was, but I think for me, I hit, I got the win and it was just this mental thing where I, I crossed a hurdle and it was, it first felt like, like the weight was off. Like all the pressure on myself was off. Like, I was definitely more relaxed going into tournaments after I had won one. And then as I kind of got deeper into the season and, and over the offseason, it just kind of got to the point where, like, all right, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I don't – like, I always never really saw myself as, like, a hardcore tournament fisherman. Mm -hmm. I, was just, I just really liked the one – you know, our, cl our club is we got all our friends. It's fun to show up, hang out with everybody. I really do like, like, how you get better fishing tournaments, kind of, you know, that's a good proving ground and a way to learn. But that was kind of it. Like once I hit it, I think th like there's just like the, the fire kind of just it just burned down a little bit of like, all right, you know, I get to kind of take it easy. So now it's kind of more like, hey, when a lake looks interesting or looks good, like I want to go, that's when mm -hmm. I'm going to go and that's when I'm going to show yeah. up and have a good time. So, yeah, that, that, the rest of the season, I just couldn't it just wasn't there to really dial it in, even though I knew it kind of had a chance like AOI. And then right, right. Um, I think the championship uh, that was actually kind of fun. We, so the first day I, I skunked. I got zero and that was pretty much, that was the end of like the AOI dreams. Yeah. And, you know, that was it. That was the yeah. end of the day. And it was just, it, you know, I just wasn't, I don't know. I just wasn't catching fish that first day. Really wasn't getting bites. I, th I ended up going to a, a place. Susie kind of had mapped out or figured out a, a spot to go to. For, what, what was that uh, spot? Where, where were we last year? Uh, it was lacrosse, but oh yeah, that's right. It was lacrosse. Gosh, I forgot about that. So yeah, it was just the section was all like a, a bunch of these smaller creek arms and stuff. So it was just like it just seemed like oh, a fun yes. place to fish. Mm -hmm. So like the pressure was off as far as like trying to win Angler of the Year or trying to make the uh, the Crossroads was really my goal. Um, last year was make the Crossroads tournament that you know all the local clubs fish and stuff. It was going to be really fun and hopefully represent KBL. So when that kind of went out the window that last day was like, Hey, let's just go kind of have fun and fish my style. And that was kind of maybe the weirdest thing that has ever had me in a tournament. I caught my fifth fish at like, it, so tournament ended at two o'clock. I caught it at one fifty nine. It was literally at the buzzer. It was like hitting a, you know, a buzzer beater jump shot or something. <laughs> Cause I was, I had four fish and it was the same thing where it was, um, you know, I knew the bite, it was, you know, kind of these flashy baits and stuff, chatter bait. It was just, yeah, it was just so sporadic where you're just making a million casts. And I remember because I'm watching my GPS clock and I see it, you know, 152 and I'm, I'm motoring back to the launch because we got to load up and get to the thing. And I'm just burning. Like, come on, come on. I'm watching the clock. I felt a hit, tap, land it, bring it in, measure it. It was 11-incher again. That was the other thing, too. We were catching a lot of 11-inches. Yes. Oh, the dinks. Yes. It was just dink after dink. And I remember, I, I'm literally I'm watching the clock. All right, it's 55 now. All right, come on. And I threw right back in, hit it. Get it. I remember I look, I'm like, all right, 150. I think it was 157 when I actually landed the fish. The 
uh, time on my phone was 159 when I finally got the picture under the wire. I'm like, all right, I got five fish. It felt like redemption for the end of the day. Like I, all right, I had, you know, I got That's a good way to day. end your season too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was kind of, it was funny thing. It was like an upbeat thing. Yeah. It goes where it was. I had to struggle that first day and then to kind of, you know, and after having a good start to the season where I had second place, first place, and then kind of didn't do good in my third tournament, didn't do good in the first day of the, of the, of the championship. It was nice to kind of end on this little high note of, Hey man, you know, I, I, I shook it off. I got, it came back. I grounded out. It was fun. Cool. Cool. And, and your, your tur- tournament experience sounds a lot like mine. And I like, I don't fish uh, for the competition hardly at all. Like if I do awesome, great. I have never, I mean, yeah. I've got, I, I won, uh, uh, I got actually, I tied for first place in a, like a, we have a, uh, we call it what do they call it the 360 challenge where you they take six ang- six of the anglers from the club uh, and you have six hours to fish and then they nice. do that you know they take divide like the total number of anglers for the whole club into these six groupings and then if you win the grouping then you go on to you know kind of the the championship so I won my miniature grouping of six people and then moved on so that was the only time I finished really good. And then I did horrible on that <laughs> a big one. But, uh, and, uh, so I, but I totally do it for the camaraderie and, um, the fact that it forces me to fish places that I'm not comfortable with. That's, that's kind yeah. of one of the biggest reasons because, um, I wouldn't normally drive, you know, two hours away to fish, uh, cause I have the river, the Susquehanna 15 minutes from my house. Oh, so, so if I'm going to do that, if I, I'm like, I can go right there and fish in 15 minutes. I can be there and be in the water. Um, you know, now I just, uh, just last Saturday, we had uh, probably the, in our local club, the Kayak Anglers of Central PA, um, our furthest north tournament. Uh, the the southern boundary of it is, uh, I think, an hour and 45 minutes from me, and the northern boundary is like two and a half hours. Okay. Um, yeah. So, wow. Um, and of course, it is. It is. It's. I mean, it's. It's on the Susquehanna, so it's part. It's the and it's the north and the uh, west branch. So it's two different branches where the Susquehanna kind of comes together. Okay. Um, so it is really a lot of water, and um, ended up doing okay. Uh, I think I got tenth out of twenty-two. Um, solid, man. A, a little redemption from the Hobie uh, BOS event too, because uh, there were some guys that uh, had beat me in that, and uh, I was able to beat them in this event. So a little nice. bit of redemption, but. Um, nice. And now the the event that's actually on the part that's closest to me is next Saturday, but there's also a Heroes on the Water event that I already volunteered to help with. So I'm like, it's the closest one. It's the water I know, but I can't fish it. I'm so mad. You never know. Sometimes on your home water, it's, the, the tension ratchets up too. I think that no, no, and I, I actually haven't been doing great. Uh, uh, in that part of the river right now, because the whole Susquehanna is like crazy low at the moment oh, like, yeah. for whatever reason, it's like historically low. Um, so it's it's just not fishing like it normally yeah. does. Like there's still fish there. Um, you just have to kind of know where to go, and um, but it just doesn't. It's not behaving like normal. So it it, it kind of is out of sorts. But um, stuff. yeah, but uh, I've been doing okay, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's fishing. Um, so. Um, I was going to ask you, I know you, you said chatterbait. Uh, what are some of your other uh, kind of go-to baits that you? Yeah. So uh, lakes, it's pretty straightforward. It's Texas rig, wacky rig, chatterbait, um, frog, and shaky head would be another one that I really like. Okay. okay. Um, and then in the, in the rivers, it's Ned rig, uh, a fluke, fluke, belly weighted fluke, um, whopper plopper, and that's pretty much it. Like if I if I don't have to do anything besides those three, I'm I'm very happy. But and that tends to be my my go to baits. So even a lot of times when I'm when I go on the water, one of the things I've been doing this year is really cutting back on my gear. I go with like two boxes and two rods, and just kind of you know I don't even put the motor on or anything unless I really have to, mm-hmm. and just kind of just get out there and and like you know old school fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I like the. I, I and I, I remember talking with my old co-host Ryan about this a lot. I uh, and I took it for granted for the longest time. When I talk rivers, I think Susquehanna. So a lot of people's rivers aren't anything like the Susquehanna. So when you're talking rivers, what are your rivers oh, like? So uh, compared to the Susquehanna, <laughs> I, like I'm probably talking, it's a creek. 
this is, yeah, this <laughs> is, when I'm fishing, the DuPage River is um, it's no wider than like a most highways. Okay. You know, like, like a you know like a two lane highway. It's usually, I'm trying to think of my flow rates. Uh, like a, a fast flow rate is like 300. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, was yeah. it cubic meters per minute, liters per minute, or whatever Something it is? Like yeah. That, yeah, cubic feet yeah. per second is what ours. Yeah, 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 feet per second. That's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's yeah, it is very small. Uh, the Fox River, when I get on that, like a good range is like a 1200 uh, feet per second. So yeah, there's. I don't fish really big rivers or very small rivers. It's kind of what I like too. I, it, that's kind of where I I, I, I got started because I was waiting for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that's actually why I got the kayak too, was because I wanted to find, I'm not a big guy. I'm really kind of short. So yeah, I get I, my chest deep and you know, I'm like, okay, I can't go farther. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's small rivers because how big is the Susquehanna is huge, right? Well, where I fish it, it is a mile wide. So, oh, yeah, that's a... and, um, and, and so that it's, it's kind of weird. Cause I actually want to go to some of these smaller rivers. Cause I'm like, there's not that much water. Like you, you know, that yeah, you're going to find fish. They're, like, they're like, it's so tight. That's what I like about it. I was going to say that sounds amazing. Cause there's definitely times where I, you know, get half mile across the river. I'm like, I haven't found fish yet. This sucks. <laughs> you know? So, and now I got a half mile paddle back or yeah. I go downstream, but no, it, it is a lot of water and it's intimidating at first. You know, that was what really, I almost didn't fish the rivers at first because of that. Um, I'm like, how in the heck am I going to fish? And the parts that I did fish um, when I first started were not the place the fish were. Like uh, where I grew up was, uh, they call it Lake Clark. It's part of the river where it's kind of more 15 foot deep uh, kind of regularly and there's no structure. It's just, yeah, it's just kind of nice. flat bottom. So. I fished there a lot when I first started fishing because that's it was close to my house and that's what I knew. And, um, you know, I was dodging, you know, jet skiers and um, <laughs> boats pulling tubes and stuff and wasn't catching anything. I'm like, this sucks. I thought the river was supposed to be amazing. And uh, <laughs> then uh, I went a little further upstream by the bridges and the rocks and I was like, ah, ah that's, okay. where, that's where they are. Yep. Here we go. Yep. Yeah, that, that's so, kind of what's nice about the, you know, that small river that's by me. It's, you know, it's pretty close and it is, it's, easy to kind of find the spots you got all right and you know you can see that the bottom changes clearly you, know, you can see it go to rock from mud the river the bridges are always almost all productive so you know it's kind of just all right i can either bridge hop or i could you know once i find a deeper hole that's the other thing that's nice too that the depth stands out a lot like if it drops to four or five feet like that's fish that spot right <laughs> most of it knee deep you know a lot of times so yeah so if you can find that one little spot or or you know depending on the size and a lot of times you can even tell just by the water flow where, where, yeah. where those kind of spots are you know and that's you know one thing that uh fishing squina has taught me is how to read water a little better and you know you can really tell oh you know i can see how that eddy is working now i know that there's something causing that eddy to be there so i'm going to go up and fish that just to see what's there. There's got to be some kind of structure that's causing that water flow to be different there. Yeah, it's definitely one thing I wish I would kind of challenge myself and get on bigger water a little bit more is just to kind of learn some more of that reading of the water because, you know, it is fairly easy on some of these smaller rivers to kind of see what's going on. So it would be nice to kind of, all right, hey, out in the middle of the river here, there's something that might be productive and I could find some fish a little kind of, you know, hidden from where people are at maybe. So Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, Susie, do you have anything you wanted to ask him about? I'm trying to think of uh, any other questions. I know um, one of the shows I'd like to do a whole show dedicated strictly to fluke fishing because I know it's a pretty versatile bait. You can do a lot of different things with it. Uh, you talked about belly weighting it. Um, I was really playing around with it uh, kind of weightless on because on the there's parts of the river where I fish where it's a lot of grass and it's right. it's really obnoxious grass to it like it's super fragile so you know even though they say oh a crank run a crankbait through grass crankbait still gets fouled up in this grass because it just breaks off so easily yeah and um so one of the things that i started throwing after talking to dosh Shrinko, and i think he's uh i have a feeler out oh, for yeah. him to try and get him uh on here to talk about that because i know that's one of his favorite baits and um um but yeah so that uh i've been playing around with the weightless fluke in that grass and doing pretty well with that um Again, uh, it's it's not uh, super easy to cover a ton of water with that, but um, uh, yeah. So because he's the, he's the Smalley Talk host, right? Yeah. Um, correct. Yep. Yeah. No, that's where I kind of got the fluke too from him. <laughs> so because yeah, he, he he was saying he knows hooked it. At least that's what what I remember hearing from him. You know, hey, I'll let you guys have him on and explain. 
So, but yeah, I thought the same thing. Like weightless is kind of slow. So mm-hmm. I, I belly weighted and I, it's kind of jerk baits, I guess the best comp to it, mm-hmm. but that's kind of, it's like jerk bait. It's like a combination of jerk bait and swim jig is essentially what I'm doing. Okay. So I'm throw, what I usually do is I'll, I'll, especially if I find like a deeper hole or structure that I, I want to fish, right? Well, there's a park downstream of it, anchor, and then I'm firing that fluke up and I'm just twitching it back. And that's okay. kind of my thing. And with that belly weight, uh, it makes it sink really fast. So then, you know, it's, it, again, it's a really fast presentation. It's, it's, it's a lot like throwing a swim jig, ripping the swim jig through grass. And I'm just twitch, twitching it and letting it flop, die, flop, die. And it does a lot of these dramatic rolls and stuff. And I find that, that the fish just, they hit it aggressively mm-hmm. when they're on it. Yeah, big, you know, right? Yeah, there's no, yeah. I like they don't miss, they don't miss it all that much. I, you know, I'm good hookup rates. That's kind of another reason why I, I throw the things I throw. You know, I don't lose fish. <laughs> so yeah, but that's it. I just it's just fast burning it. I think I, I was throwing that up at that lake in uh, the Wisconsin River, Susie. Yes, we were, we were catching. I caught like an yes. eighteen on it. And, that's right. Yeah, and that deeper pocket. I remember yeah. that too. <laughs> it just smashed it. it just, <sighs> It's so like it's one of my favorite things to throw. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, you, yeah, you could definitely do a whole thing on, on fluke fish. Uh, that's yeah. that's one of my ideas. So guys, uh, stay tuned for that. I'm hoping to find, get Josh. If I can, I'll find somebody else can do it. I know. Uh, um, do you guys ever watch YouTube? Uh, Tyler's real fishing. That I don't think I've seen. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a boat guy, but um, he does a lot of in depth technique wise. stuff, and uh, yeah. But um, he he does. I like him because he does a lot of technique stuff. Uh, That's good. And yeah. He did a show on six different ways you can fish a fluke, and you know, belly weighted was one. And um, so um, you know, I, I tried. I've reached out to him before too. I just haven't heard back. But uh, you know, those boat guys. Dang yeah. Boat guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even like anti boats. I see the boat. I'm like, oh well, that's not going to be. Like, I'm sitting down most of the time, so I don't think to watch them. But yeah, if they do technique stuff. Yeah, kind of good information on it. You can then translate to the kayak. Yeah, for sure. So, well, we're uh, getting on near an hour here. So, um, uh, Titus, I wanted to give you a chance to shout out, let folks know a where they can find you on social media um, or any place else they can look for your content from you, and then also yeah. give you a chance to shout out your sponsors as well. So yeah, um, find me on Instagram at Titus underscore Dominguez. That's um, my main fishing one, uh, you'll see all my little posts there. Uh, I do occasionally post on TikTok my fishing videos. So <laughs> you want to Titus Dominguez there too. I, honestly, I'm, search Titus Dominguez on any platform. I'm probably the only one coming up. So <laughs> it's a very uh, specific name. Cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, how's your yeah. how's your uh, TikTok stuff, dude? I know sometimes that stuff can blow up pretty crazy. Yeah, I haven't had anything blow up yet, but you know, okay. I got some decent traffic. So you know, but I'm not I'm not consistent with it. It's more I, I do a lot of different things. I've done food things. I've done some music things and stuff. So oh, cool. I'm all over the place there. It's not all fishing content there, but I do have some fishing videos. I've I've been meaning Susie actually speaking. I've been meaning to get that salmon video up there on it. So I just I haven't had a way to edit it, but anyways. Um, yeah, but Instagram is, is my main one. If you want to, you know, follow me and, and I'll post, uh, what I'm doing, you know, when I, when I go out and a lot of it's just my, you know, me holding a small mouth. So, uh, and then, um, sponsor wise, uh, it's rock adventures, man. I've been with them the last couple of years. Uh, great. If you're in the, you know, the Rockford area, Chicago land area, and you're looking for a boat, that's the place to go. Um, a lot of information. They got, you know, a lot of, a lot of good boats, options to try. They'll take you out. Um, and they've been uh, been really nice to me and, and helping me out with uh, all my tournament fishing and stuff like that. So been great. And then I uh, obviously want to shout out the uh, the Kayak Bass League. That's my local uh, fishing league. Uh, so if you're in the again, if you're in that area, and you're looking to fish tournaments, want to kind of make thirty quick friends. Good way to do it. Come fish with us. Bunch of we're a bunch of wackos, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Come come hang out. Have some Sometimes that's what that's the most entertaining part of it, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a hoot, man. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. You got <laughs> so, all variety. All varieties going on there in the KBL. So yeah, come fish KBL. I I stand by it. I think it's the best club in Illinois. So come sharpen your skills at the very least. You know, kind of go up against some of the best of the best. So it's fun to yeah. to learn, for sure. Cool. Cool. And I, I think uh, Rocktown actually is a Paddle and Fin sponsor too. Yeah, so, so right because yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Brian is was is on the team too. So yeah, and a couple yeah. of you guys. The the guy uh, I forget his name. I'm blanking on his name. The Feather and Fur guy. He does it. Oh, oh Brad Herbos. Brad, Brad. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
I saw yeah. you guys got a lot of shows, man. The intro was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're starting to pack them in there, man. So and I think there's even more coming is the plan. Oh, wow, so. man. So cool, cool. Yeah. All right, Titus. Well, um, again, thanks for coming on, man. I, I totally appreciate it. Come on. You have lots of good information. And uh, yeah. Susie, you want to give uh, give the uh, closer a shot? The, you know what? I'm going to go for it. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how I do with this. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, this has been another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Yeah, crushed it. <laughs> see you guys next time. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.